0: Good morning and welcome to Monday morning, August the 15th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we begin year C, proper week 16, which is the 11th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Monday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the Old Testament passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And this week in the church's calendar year, and there's a couple of Old Testament prophecy sections this week, so we may cover one today and then one on Wednesday. So for today, let me cover Jeremiah chapter one, verses four through ten. So let me read that passage, write a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us party of your morning on when I rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time. Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of God for us. This big opening passage of Jeremiah 1 seems to be, be the terms in which uh, Jeremiah grounds his ministry and where he finds his place among the people of Israel to declare that he is a prophet from the Lord. I think we covered it last week, where one of Jeremiah's edges of his preaching was to delineate between like who, who was supposed to, uh, who's speaking the word of God and maybe who was prophesying, but they weren't prophesying the words of God. And so that was a very tough task, obviously. But we get a couple different grounding factors here uh, within Jeremiah's call. Something for us uh, to keep in mind. Number one, uh, he is going to be a prophet earlier than most. So um, I think sometimes we're under the impression that prophecy and prophets in the Old Testament always work like somebody's just going along one day and God speaks to them in the middle of a field and when they're plowing or something, and then they start a prophetic ministry. That was certainly the case for some, uh, maybe the more uh, dominant and more well-known prophets in Israel but Israel seemed to always have companies of prophets a lot of times kids of prophets would take their place uh, it's like a, a family-run business or something like that um, and they just change or add names to the masthead or something like that uh, but here like there was a, a sense where you had to be like a certain age where you learn the trade perhaps you learned uh, the way Of mysticism. Perhaps there was a way in which they called upon God, uh, maybe a certain diet or maybe, I don't know, a certain pattern of life. And uh, that took some time to be trained up, right? And so you would get like your certificate and like your prophet's license or something like that. Maybe it was like a seminary of sorts. And then you would join into like this I don't know, College of Prophets that would be around the king and, and the priests and other political figureheads, right? But Jeremiah's going to be younger, so that's the ground first piece of grounding of his prophecy. And like if people would look down on him, like he's just kind of he's anticipating the barriers, right? He's going to be roaming around pe- around people, and they're like, "Man, you're like you're barely shaving. Like, what do you mean you're hearing from God, right?" So uh, that's the first one. The second one is that uh, he's going to be. One who does a couple of different things. He's going to actually build and tear down, and he's going to overthrow and sustain things at the same time. And he's going to go to the nations and not just to uh, the normative places. So he's going to be younger, and he's going to have like this double function of a prophet. Um, Many prophets maybe just spoke doom and uh, didn't speak blessing. Jeremiah's call was going to be, uh, it's going to be faceted with this you know doom and blessing. Uh, this speaking judgment against things and launching new initiatives at the same time. Uh, It's just also worth noting that uh, this pattern of the call of Jeremiah, as some scholars suggest, that it follows the general pattern of the commissioning of Moses in Exodus 3, Gideon in Judges chapter 6, and Isaiah we've already talked about maybe in previous weeks in Isaiah chapter 6. Particularly that, that thing of God touching Jeremiah's mouth and putting his words in his mouth. It reminds us of the coal being placed upon Isaiah's lips in Isaiah 6, you know, cleansing him in his mouth that was unclean up to that point, And now it is consecrated to speak the words of God. So this is unique. Um, I think sometimes one of the unfortunate things um, we, we want every part of the Bible to speak uniquely to us, and so we have sometimes what happens to what Lynn Sweet says, we get versitis, <laughs> isn't that a clever term? Where we take a verse and we kind of lift it out of its context and we dangle around like, oh, this is my life verse. And it's not wrong with that, we're, like, we're ingesting the Bible, we're taking it seriously, uh, we claim the word of God is for us. All those things are good. We also have to do this in a sober way, and so we need to keep it in its context, God doesn't say this to every single prophet or every single figure in the Old Testament. He does say it about certain, what they call idealized human figures, almost heroes of the Old Testament scriptures. And he certainly does this for Jeremiah, right? It's not to say that God doesn't know us from early on, it doesn't say that God doesn't appoint and set us apart. Like he, there seems to be a call and a commission for all of us as the people of God. So at the same time, we need to take this. Uh, Bible passage, and we need to allow it to be uniquely Jeremiah's. And like in a way that we could see, like it does shape our minds too, that we're we're not just waiting around to see what God would have us do. And as we raise kids, either uh, in our own households, as we uh, serve in the church and kids ministry or student ministry, or maybe we're a coach in a league, or we're like a, a big brother, big sister out there, whatever it might be, we can instill upon the young in our communities, that um, they're not, they don't need to wait around. Like, they can begin to tune into the contours of their interests and their passions. Uh, they can take note of the things that grieve their heart and make them sad and do the thing like Beekner says, like the overlap of our great passion and the world's greatest needs. Like, that might be where our calling exists and the overlap of those two things. And so, let's, you know, take Jeremiah, leave it into Jeremiah's life, have it be uniquely his, but since it's the Bible. It's also for us too, Um, but we don't have to say, as God did for Jeremiah, he's gonna do for me verbatim. Well, then like carry that to the nth degree, like continue to trace his life. Are you sure you want a call and commission just like his? I know I don't. I can appreciate what God did for him, but also appreciate that God's gonna do something uniquely for me. So those are all things to consider. But, But to say this, as people of faith, we have to believe that this world and our stories are heading somewhere, right? This long arc, as brother Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, like it's bending towards justice. Like the world is going to be put to the rights, as N.T. Wright says. We've got a part of that. We're not just like, yay, spectating from the sidelines and like commenting on Twitter who we like, who we think is doing a better job of than others. Um, and, you know, you know, for this person against this person. No, like it's we have skin in the game like it's it's up for us to use and to leverage what we have in order to see redemption built around us so with that reminder with that thing in mind let's we'll spend some time praying to our god this morning father son and holy spirit we thank you today that you watch us and you've created us and you have a dream and desire for us. Uh, we think of that uh, the life that we now live, we live by the faithfulness of the Son of God. Jesus, you have a trust about our lives and where this world is going. We can be included within it, even though we're broken, people weak at times, uh, wander away from the way of righteousness. We thank you that you still scoop us back into your family. You still fill us with enthusiasm. Give us your Holy Spirit. Give us the community of God. Give us a task uh for the redemption of this world and so we pray today that we would take seriously the opportunity that we have and the community that we have in front of us today i pray that our speech and our actions and our generosity what we do with our resources and how we allocate our times and and how we um, treasure the lives that we get to interact with today i pray that it would all add up to the outworking of your story in front of us that we would be able to marvel at what you're doing we can worship you in spirit and in truth, and we can delight in the beauty of your holiness as we be your people today. So God, breathe upon your church. Empower us for your work. I pray that we'd see good and mighty things happen around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.